It is day four, number 98, just two away from 100. Uncle Frank in the house. What's going on, Uncle what Frank? Is, uh, what is up? We got... Um, biggest show year. biggest show in the 98 show history right now. This is it, 98. Do you not agree? I, I think I think uh, 100 show is going to be bigger, but yes, I think this is probably one of the biggest right now, today. All right, we've got, uh, well, first and foremost, incredible turnout in the win an entire set of quarter and half ounce booyah one knocker and hard knockers in the six new, uh, are they Lurinet exclusive colors or exclusive colors? Yes. Yes. They are. So the deal was you had a, a week from last week's show to guess what your favorite color was and, uh, I went through every single person with the correct guess is now in the hat with their comment and their favorite Uncle Frank story towards the end of the show today. I will go like this and you'll say stop and I'll pick a comment and that will be the guy who wins it. So I meticulously Perfect. went through. We have nine full pages of it. Outstanding. You guys did really good too. I, I started answering as many of those responses as I could. and I, I couldn't keep up. <laughs> I was going nuts trying to answer all of them, and I just I couldn't keep up. You guys are absolutely 100% fantastic. <laughs> all right, what else we got going on today? I think we might also have the best illustrations in 98 show history. In show 98. <laughs> Is that a fair assessment? I mean, dude, have you done multi-layer illustrations once, before once okay. i did in fact i have it here the multi-illustration was the uh finding winter spots using grass in the summer to locate winter spots that was the uh first overlay we did we have multiple overlays today so that is coming in in coordination with uh using the one knocker yeah the one knocker and the hard knockers uh this this whole show today let's just i'll just tell you what it's about the whole show today is going to be about finding the highest percentage areas to catch fish on rattle baits with the least amount of time so basically you could sit at home and do this on a map and narrow and just pretty much wipe out you know 70 percent of the lake so I, that's what I'm going to show you today. And I have some techniques that I'm going to talk about. And, um, of course, Matt will interject his uh, yes, I agree, no, I don't agree. Um, and it'll go, we'll just, uh, it's going to be a good show today. If you haven't noticed, yeah, I'm drinking out of the BTL oh. uh, mug that you got yours too. But, dude, <laughs> we, so I got the BTL hat from the last, but we got the merch finally in. Like via, Finally. We, got, we got to put our hands on the merch, the day four merch that is available in the shop BTL store. Just go to basszone.com, click on the shop BTL in the top drop down menu, and you will see all of it. Uh, I, I do have to admit, I was skeptical of the extra 10 bucks for the hoodie, Uncle Frank. And then I got the hoodie, and I am glad that you decided you, you were yeah. insistent. You said, I don't care how much it costs. I, I want this to be, and it is, it's a, yeah. it's a badass hoodie and it looks, I, it looks way better in person. I mean, it looks freaking awesome. I think so. I mean, I'm a little partial, but no, but it does like, I, like I got mine three days ago mm -hmm. and, um, 
I the thing I love about the hoodie the most is on the side of the hoodie for those that don't have them yet. On the side of the hoodie, it's got like a stretchy fabric on the side of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's also very thick and very very warm. And the thing that I the thing that I wanted in the hoodie, especially the hoodie, um, was a hoodie that was going to last. Uh, because one of my all-time, all-time favorite hoodies I ever got was in my first Bassmaster Classic. Mercury gave us hoodies. Oh, trust me. We tried to find it. Me and Catherine from yeah. ATS Printing scour. She, she scoured the uh, catalogs. Well, you have to realize that was in 2002. So <clears throat> the chances of them having that style exactly is not there the, the only difference between the two hoodies was that one had a three and a half inch zipper on the neck and that's what i liked about it because it opened up the neck but these ones fit so good that it's not it doesn't choke you out and that that's what i like about it but they're really high quality i'm so happy with that when i got it because you know how it is some hoodies um they're just there's just they're flimsy. There's not enough meat to them. Yeah. So there it is right there. A uh, couple new little t-shirt designs too. some lifestyle tees. Uh, yeah. There's the BTL uh, day four merchandise long sleeve shirt. So I was a large, um, I somehow <clears throat> I, I I'm, I'm six foot. It's hard to say oh, six foot one ninety. It's a, it's a, it's an issue. It's becoming an issue. Uncle Frank. Are you six feet? Yeah. Outstanding. Like actually, like legit, like right at it. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm grazing underneath it. Well, with hair, it's two. <laughs> well, I don't have hair. With so hair, I... you're six, two. When you had the mullet, you were, you were a six, two and a half. That's right. Exactly. Um, um, but anyway, so there's the yeah. long sleeve shirt and there's that. And then there's also some, uh, BTL hoodies. So these are, uh, these are not the BTL hoodies aren't, they don't suck. These are both uh, specialty hoodies. So one's a performance hoodie, one's a badge hoodie. So they're a little thinner with soft inside. Uh, yours is yours is what you would expect someone from uh, Northern Ohio would like in a hoodie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Warmth and comfort. Yep. Anyway, long story short, a large fits me with room to where uh, to where I could wash it tumble dry it on low and not have it. And even if it shrinks a little, it still fits. It's not like it fits now and then won't fit after it washes. Right. I got, I got some room in here. I can, I can fish. I can, I, I, you know, I'm, I can be loaded to the cork in this hoodie here. <laughs> See, now I took the uh, two, I took the two XL. Um, I like them a little looser on me. I took the two XL and it, and it fits perfect. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you know, just under six feet and, probably two and a quarter so just for a gauge okay uh yeah it's weird i i mean, I mean we like i said we just met in passing one time a decade ago yeah more than a decade no yeah 2000 oh yeah 23 2003 yeah it'd be over 10 years ago isn't that wild yeah you uh just, you yeah know. you'll be you'll be <laughs> you'll be right there in exactly one week at 8 30 in the morning you know where else you'll be though you will be back on the show tonight Tonight. Oh, that's right. Tonight we're this doing is a, this is a big announcement. <laughs> we're doing day four and night <laughs> tonight. So it's night. It's not day four. It's we're doing night, night four. four. 
<laughs> but I think it has a nice ring to it. Night four ninety nine. Yeah. Do we have to play the theme to the Night Rider then? I don't. I, <laughs> I think that would get flagged. I Copyright think violation. Flagged. But tonight, seven thirty Central Time, eight thirty Eastern Time, seven thirty Central Time. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who download, listen to the show, listen to the replays that aren't able to get on the instant feedback and ask Uncle Frank questions. I always like the shows when we just open it up. As Mark Jeffrey used to say, we go wide open and you can ask him anything <laughs> from all of the shows. Uh, yeah, so the instant yeah. feedback will be open and we will. Uh, I keep wanting to say it like the country, bloviate, but it's that's not bloviate. it. We'll bloviate. <laughs> we are at, bloviating tonight, 7 30 p.m. Central Time. And and we'll also have some more details on tonight's show, is really where we'll dive into the details about what to expect on the hundred show. Right. And you guys, participation for tonight is key because we're leaving it. It's you're gonna be your guy. It's it's your show tonight. We're just gonna field questions and answer them and hopefully laugh until our sides hurt hopefully <laughs> the little expectations here all right you want to dive right in or we got anything else to cover before we get to the the meat of the show yeah, we'll just i'll just tease you guys this is today's show <laughs> we have a lot to get through today um yeah let's just get in matt just interrupt anytime you want to okay I, i'm gonna i'm gonna Put the screen like that. That's fine. Wind you up and just let you go. All right. That's fine. So uh, there's a lot, a lot of people that know me, um, which is hilarious. Don't think I fish rattle baits because I don't fish them up here in Ohio that much every now and then, but not that much. Um, and so a lot of my buddies up here, um, when I, when I tell them about rattle baits, they laugh at me and they go, you don't even throw them. And I said, well, you, you don't, you've never fished with me outside of Ohio. Now I'm not saying they don't work in Ohio cause they absolutely do. But our window of opportunity is a little bit narrower than down South. Things last longer and there, and there's more areas you can use these baits super effectively um although i wouldn't be caught dead without them in my boat up here either so anyhow the long and short of it is so i have fished a couple of regionals across the country and they were in february um on different lakes and i i took like a a, a third a fourth and a second doing nothing but throwing rattle baits um bassmasters gunnersville i weighed in tons of fish throwing rattle baits so just so these guys i'm doing this more for the benefit of the some of my friends that know me shut up okay so that's what i'm doing i i had to qualify this statement all right oh yeah um so uh we're, what i want to do first and this is going to be fat i'm going to go through this part really quick because it's very obvious so everybody knows that the one knocker has one rat one rattle in it one rattle everybody knows the hard knocker has tons of them so if you noticed the one knocker is a lower pitch single frequency the hard knocker is a higher pitch 
it's got multiple high pitch frequencies in it. Okay, so so why is this important? So here's the difference. What I like to do is if I pull into an area and there's another boat or two boats, depending on how big the area is, and they're throwing rattle baits, I'm immediately going to the one knocker because I need a sound these bass aren't hearing all the time. So that's one of my deals with the, with the hard knocker. The other thing I do is if I'm, if I'm by myself, I have both tied on and I alternate several casts with one, several casts with another one, because sometimes the bass will show you a preference and, and you have to realize that. So, so here's the thing, half ounce, quarter ounce is the same thing. Okay. I alternate between the half and the quarter and let the bass tell me what they want. I'll get into the quarter a, a little bit later because there, there's some techniques that are quarter ounce driven so i'll get into that a little bit later i also have a technique where i use the hard knocker first and foremost all the time okay. so so we're gonna we're gonna move on to that okay so with the quarter ounce bait uh what i what I look for is first, if, if I see bait fish, I try to see the size of the bait. The size of the bait is going to be a little more prevalent in the fall, okay? Because you're going to have some very small bait migration, very small bait fish migrating in the fall where the quarter ounce could be absolutely deadly. But it happens in the spring too. You just got to be cognizant of the bait size. The other thing I do with the quarter ounce is if I'm fishing shallower shallower water i'll throw the quarter ounce it's easier to maneuver in the shallow water or conversely if i'm fishing normal depths range between four and eight feet and i have to slow the bait way down i'll go to the quarter because then i could i can keep it slow but for the most part i always start out with the half unless conditions dictate to me differently and i'm always going to mix it up and here i learned this in probably i want to say 2018 maybe i was fishing a tournament trail called the jerry ryan tournament trail That's famous um, you're right and so see so what i did before i went off to bass masters was i fished jerry ryan because they were going to lakes outside of my state and so i didn't want i needed experience on these waterways because i've never seen them before so here's the true story i was on santee cooper and i was in a backwater area there was another guy with in there with me and we were the only two guys back there and it was a sizable area Okay. The guy was catching fish. I was catching fish. I was flipping and pitching and chucking around a half ounce rattlebait. He was pretty much doing the same exact thing. Only when we came into the weigh in the first day, he had like all six, seven, and eight pounders. And I had all three and a half and four pounders. 
And so I went up to him and I talked to him because I, I, I knew him because I fished, I drew out with him before. And um, I said, Jimmy, what, dude, what, what, what were you doing in there different than me? And he goes, I was throwing a quarter ounce trap. So here, he figured out the quarter ounce rattle bait was getting the bites. And I didn't figure that out. I stayed on the half because I was catching a few on it. And they were fairly decent fish. But he figured out the way to get the money size fish. You know what I mean? And so by him telling me that, I realized that you you can never... You always have to interchange, especially when you're practicing. You have to interchange because the bass could tell you some crazy stuff if you pay attention to what they're telling you. Now, I was caught up more into the flipping game mm -hmm. and using the rattle bait as a secondary lure. When it was where, applicable. Right, where he was absolutely the opposite. He leaned on the rattle bait the whole time and only flipped only flipped where it was um where he felt like he needed to so so that's the you know so that's well, the well you have to ahead. think of that like a school like a, i feel like a lot of guys say yeah i got my i got my traps we'll call it a trap i don't care that's a universal it's term. universal they go hey i got my traps yeah. and they got the one side and they're either on or they're not whereas with a square bill i think you're you see guys who are more likely to go little 1.5 big yeah. 3.5 you're more likely to mess around and change the size of your square bill square bill but hey i threw the one knocker i threw my trap whatever and they weren't on it but but what you just described is something that a lot of people overlook i think which is going smaller to catch bigger right dude i look i i was mortified that i missed that but that's a that weird time. deal i mean how often do got do you hear i mean how often and I, I mean, I know a, a, a lot of time at the top, but it's not, it doesn't make sense. Go smaller to catch bigger. Well here, but it does, but it does though, because you're, because it's all predicated on the bait. Right. Okay. Now here, look, I look at these small, like here, uh, let's show the difference. Here's the it's quarter. A massive out. difference. And here's the half here. I'll do it right side by side. Watch the fingers. Yeah, I, I am. These hooks are fantastic on here. That's another thing. I never threw my rattle baits with triple grips on them before. I always threw them with round bends. And my buddy Troy in uh, North Carolina said, you're out of your mind. And so now that's what I've been doing. Um, but that's the difference in size. It's now it's a pretty good size difference. Mm -hmm. But I, I, but I'll be honest with you, man. I, I got I got my brains kicked in in an area and I never forgot it. Um, so I, I'm very cognizant of that. Now I'm going to go through some retrieves, um, some, some technique and retrieves that I personally like, and it's my three favorites. Um, so there's, there's more ways to fish these things. These are my favorites. I'm going to even dip into a little bit of line and rod stuff, but not much of that because again, it could be personal preference, but there's some easy you know, easy thing. So here, I'll just stay it. So, so my first, the first retrieve is very standard. Everybody does it. It's a steady retrieve or I'm burning it in. That's the first one. I keep it moving. I'm either smoking it or just reeling it in. Um, very obvious, very easy. The next retrieve is a yo-yo type retrieve, almost like a blade bait where you cast it out, up, down, up, 
down, up, down while you're reeling it in. And the other, the other retrieve and guys, this is my all time, all time money on these baits. I drag it on the bottom, like a wobblehead, probably the most overlooked way to fish a rattle bait on earth. I literally drag it when I'm done fishing them. I go through a couple every day when I'm fishing it this way because I'm wearing the paint off of these. Does things. it make any movement? Does it does it yes. wobble or does it just bounce around on the bottom? No, and... no I, I'll get into. I'm going to get into that. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to get into that okay. in, in a second. But I'm telling you guys, this is. I'll get into it. Okay. So now, so let's go, let's just go through the retrieves. So the steady retrieve or burning it, you know, just reel it out and smoking it back to the boat. So here I'm looking when I'm fishing this particular retrieve, what I'm looking for is grass that hasn't grown up to the surface yet. It could be deeper grass with, you know, five, six feet of water over the top of it, even three feet of water over the top of it, but the grass isn't up to the top. So I'll burn it over the tops of it or I'll steady retrieve it. So I'm just ticking the grass every now and then just a tick, tick, tick every now and then I'm not burying it up in the grass. Mm -hmm. I'm not snatching it and ripping it and tearing it. This is just purely 100% aggressive, active fish maneuver. I'm, I'm making them eat this bait. I'm smoking it by them and I'm keeping it reeling. Okay, pretty, pretty easy. That's kind of how these baits started. Um, the, ne the next thing I'm going to look at um, is if I'm for the steady and the burning, I, if I if I find sparse clumps of grass, okay, I'll throw into the casting lanes. And I'll reel it in and then every now and then I want it to smoke into one of them clumps of grass, mm -hmm. where I'll tear it through it. I'll just, I'll be burning it in. I'll hit one of those clumps and boom, and I'll bust it through it and boom, you know, and keep it going, keep it going. Right now, this particular technique, I use braid for this because what I found out with mono or fluoro, a lot of times you can't snatch it cleanly through that. And the braid is just rips it. And not only that, the braid cuts the grass. So it, the braid in that situation lends itself well. Now, if I'm burning it over tops and I'm just ticking tops, all right, you don't need to use the braid. But when I'm when I'm actually snatching it through and tearing it through grass, in my opinion, braid's the only way to travel on that. Um, you just get more you get more cleaner casts with it. Okay. Um, more effective because you're not always balled up in the grass and then you come back with the 40 pounds of grass on it. Um, and, and here I'm going through these three techniques, then I'm going to get into the real nitty gritty. Um, my next techniques, the yo-yo deeper, steeper, deeper sloping contour lines. I yo-yo it down almost like a, a blade bait. If the, if I got grass that tear steps down a break, and then dissipates to nothing, I yo-yo it through it. Um, sometimes if I'm fishing uh, just deeper grass in general, and it's not mature grass, it's immature, mm -hmm. it's still like a little carpeting, I'll I'll yo-yo it up and down through that. 
Okay, um, when you say yo-yo, the only way that I feel like this can be described is with the with with the sound effects. So it's a, it's it's <laughs> educational. <laughs> Because I've gotten into this, I made a note. I, I made a note that says, "Tell Uncle Frank to bring some rattle baits with him." Because exactly what you are describing, there is a fishery in Oklahoma, close to where I live, that you can do everything you're talking about and do it well and catch big ones. Oh yeah, dude. Okay, but, so when I listen, yeah, so is it a okay? Uh, just a brr, like are you brr, and then yes. you're letting it fall, or is that that's the yes. best way I can describe it? Is there any other way that doesn't involve sound effects? No, there's no way. So, okay. so that's basically what I'll do is I'll cast it out, let it go down on a controlled line. It's I'm not just casting it out and letting it slam into the bottom. I cast okay. it out. I, I keep the line not tight, but a controlled fall. Like you're catfishing. Like you're catfishing and it's sitting there and you've got just a slight bow in your line and you're waiting for it to go tick so you can see when the catfish picks up the hot dog. Right. So when it So when the bait touches the grass or touches the structure, I lift it up and I, and I lift it up and it goes, and then okay. I keep, I reel in my slack on the drop and I do it again and do it again. And, and that's, and pay attention too, because you want to pay attention to if the bite comes on the fall or on the lift. Now, the other thing is when you, when you're fishing grass with the yo-yo, you could snap it. So if the grass is a little bit taller, the bait falls into the grass and you start to lift and you feel the grass on it. You can snap it up and let mm -hmm. it go down and and snap it up and let it go down. Um, it's dude, this is a great cold water technique. This is an absolutely fantastic cold water technique, but it, but it works well in all the right conditions, whether the water's warming or cold. Um, this particular technique I found, I can use braid or fluoro for it. It's not one's better than the other. It's a personal preference at that point. Um, I'll start out with that technique with fluoro uh, just because I'm not on a slack line. You don't feel the bite with braid. Dude, I've got the story. Did I tell the story on the show last time? I was talking the lake we might go to. I was there. I literally executed your retrieve with a fatal flaw Brave. i went i went uh I, I only had three bites on it but i went one for three and on the last one I, I i pulled the trap out of the grass but i was lackadaisical i'd been hours without bites and i let it fall i went and i did not reel in and follow it down because i'd been and then right. reel down well what you just described is critical semi slack line, because had I been on a semi semi taut line as that bait pulled out of the grass cleanly, I felt it and it was falling. I would have felt the seven pounder that picked it up and started swimming towards the boat, but I didn't because right. I went, I went and I kept my rod at, at, at uh, one o'clock. I didn't reel <laughs> back down to it. So then when I go to go next time I'm whiffing air. I've got nothing. I got no pressure, nothing. And at yeah. that point, I realized, well, crap, this thing's 10 feet away from where I last pulled it. I reeled into it. I'm like, I got what I got what I got what I got what my buddy's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, he's all swims right by the boat. Have not gotten a hook in him. Did not feel the bite. And it's a 
It's a, I, I, I caught a seven that day. It's another seven to eight pounder. It swims right by the boat. I see its back. It's got one of those dark green backs. He comes up and he goes, <laughs> peels, drag and pulls off. Cost us the win and big bass. It was an, uh, it was a $600 mistake, uncle Frank. And it was because I didn't do what you just told me to yeah. do on the retrieve. It was all, it was almost a hundred dollar a pound error. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to, on the controlled fall, you have to pick your slack up as you're going down. Other, otherwise, you're you're up here. The bass hits it. Where how, where are you going to set the hook at that point? You 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 can't you, you nope. can't do it. Um, and so so anyhow, so that's that's the yo-yo technique. Now I'm going to talk about my dragging technique, and and I'm and I'm. This is this has put so much money in my boat. It's it's crazy. Um, I I literally love this technique. So when I cat, this is more or less how I'm fishing structure lakes with no grass. Okay. And I, and I have maps and everything, and I'm going to show you, I'm actually going to show you at two actual areas, um, that I, that I finished in the top three in doing this technique. Um, but I'm not going to tell you what lake they are. Um, <laughs> so it's because then you'll know. So we'll save that um, for tonight's show. Yeah, yeah, night tonight, night yeah. four, number ninety nine tonight, seven thirty p.m. Central Time, right here. It'll be in the notifications on YouTube if you follow BTL on YouTube. There's a little bell in the top corner. As long as you're logged in and you like the page, if you click on the bell, it'll just send a notification to your phone that says, "Hey." BTL is live. That's how you know it's live at any time. So tonight, 7.30. All right. Your favorite okay. technique, dragging on hard bottom. Right. So we'll call this the slow roll or the drag. Okay. So here's the deal. Um, I fish this technique on on structure lakes or or lakes with little to no grass. Um, and and it, this is valuable. So the first thing I'm going to do and I'll, I'm going to, I'm telling you the techniques because when I show you where, what to look for, I'll say, this is a place I'm going to drag or slow roll. This is a place I'm going to yo-yo. This is a place. Okay. So that's why I'm going through the techniques first. So I fish this bait maintaining constant bottom contact. So obviously it's all hard bottom. The, the, the slow roll or the drag is all hard bottom. So I'll cast the bait out. I let it literally hit the bottom and I start reeling it in just fast enough where I could feel the bait vibrate and hit things all the way along. All right. That's important because when it's hitting stuff on the bottom, it's kicking up the dust cloud. Plus you have the sound. This is where I love the hard knocker. I mean the one knocker because it's got that one tonk 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 in it and it's kicking up the dust uh, you can use you can use the hard knocker in this situation too because when i first started doing this there were no one knockers out there so i first started doing it with the, with a regular uh, rattle type bait with multiple bb's in it but i found over the course of time that the one knocking bait just lent itself really good to this technique um, both work, but I start with the one knocker always on this one. So, so what it's doing is I'm fishing it just like a wobblehead. Just keep it moving, keep it coming, keep it hitting the bottom, and you have to feel the vibration. 
it'll deflect off of everything down there even if you hit some wood as long as you're keeping it moving and you don't try to snatch it through the wood it'll ricochet off the wood so so really good really good technique now i fish this believe it or not early early spring water temperatures will be between 39 and 42 degrees depending on what part of the country you're in because some of you guys will never see 39 degree water temperature some of you will um so in that low you know high 39 low 40 range is when it all starts to take place and i'll actually fish this all the way up to the spawn because it's important to realize i'm doing this technique on a lot of structure lakes and so that uh, when I get into the structure lake part of this, we will, I'll show you why and everything. So you'll understand. So let me grab a map here. So what I think I'm going to do is I think for, we're going to start with grass right now because um, everybody thinks fishing the grass is easy. Um, see the grass, throw at the grass type of stuff. Um, but that's not really the case um there's intricacies to fishing grass aside from what types of grass you're looking at um we're going to talk more about the structural element of grass fishing not necessarily you know hydrilla versus milfoil versus eelgrass we're going to get only into locations so i can get you guys in the areas that you need to be in to catch to catch fish more consistently on rattle baits paying attention to the vegetation is something that you'll figure out as you go when you start catching fish look at what type of grass you're catching most of them out of and then you'll you'll be able to dial in on the pattern so for the most part so what i'm going to concentrate on is flats big flats okay whoops big flats and i'm going to look for and these are what i look for when i look pick an area out what I'm looking for is I'm looking for gradual sloping contours, broken grass, um, shell beds, tabletops. Like when I call something a tabletop, it'll be like, I can't see, like this area yeah, that's in here perfect. Yep. where, it, where it, it, becomes fl it becomes flatter before it breaks down, where it becomes flatter <clears> before <throat> it breaks down. Um, tabletop in here. So th those are tabletops. Those are feeding platforms for these bass. Okay. Um, the other thing I'm going to look for is hard bottom uh, shells, rocks, whatever. Mostly shells, though, on some of these grass lakes. Um, and and then um, and then funnel areas. Okay. So the funnel areas pretty obvious. I mean, you you see them. They're they're here. Um, up here is a funnel area. Um, e mm -hmm. even, even in between the two high spots is a funnel area, even though that would be shallower. Now these areas here, you're like, oh, well, that's a funnel. That's a funnel. That's a funnel. They're more like pinch points because there's really no place for the bass to stay put. Um, where, where in this funnel here, they, they can stay put. So here, so, so, um, so let's talk about this. All right. Uh, let me see. Where's my thing? Okay, so sh I talk about shell beds and hard bottoms. So here's yep. here's the, here's the thing. Okay, oh, are we about to get to the we about to get to the juice right here? Yeah. So here's the thing. I I I, I can tell you to go find shell beds, and that's 
easy, right? Just go look for shell beds. Oh, you could find them. But if you don't know what you're looking for, you're not going to find them because shell beds aren't everywhere. Even if certain areas look like they should have them, um, they're not everywhere. So this is how you're going to, this is how you're going to um, find them. Okay, so I'm going to try this first. So in this system, okay, we have our current and our current's coming this way. Okay, it's coming this way and yep. going this way. So shells are filter feeders. All right. So with filter feeders, they have to have current bringing them food. Okay. I'm going to try to keep this low enough where you can yep, see. You're doing fantastic. Okay. So, so what you want to see is if you see the current coming from this direction, everything that's dead facing in the current is going to have shells on them. All right. Because they're filter feeders. So they need current to bring them food. So if your current is going right, right to left, the way you're, the way it looks on me, I'm just doing this for the iTunes people. Current's going right to left. You're going to want to focus on the points, up currents. the up current side of all of your humps, points, drops, right. and any little current break deal. Because that's the only way, only physical place they can live based on how they gain their nutrients. Correct. So here's another thing. You notice that the high spots in the current mm -hmm. have shells on them, right? Yep. Well, and, and the one down here too. This is what happens. We talked about it the other day. When you have a high spot, the high spots here, the surface of the water is here. As the water pushes into that goes up into that high spot it condenses there's there's less wa surface water the current speeds up over the top of these high spots and that's the, that's why you find shells on the high spots too and don't be fooled a high spot now not for rattlebait purposes but a high spot could be 15 feet deep but because it's coming off of the basin of the lake 15 feet high it's going to have more current on top of it so that's what you want to pay attention to. And that's how you find shells. Now, I learned this shell finding instance in two lakes, Florida and Gunnersville. Uh, Florida was easier for me to find the shells in the river systems, especially um, because the current was a little more prevalent. Gunnersville was a little bit trickier, but not that much trickier. Um, just because I learned this on Florida first. So, so it wasn't too bad. Now the other place is funnel points, which we talked about. And so, so if you can see, I, we've got the main lake, we've got the main lake funnel point, we've got mm -hmm. a, a tabletop flat funnel point, um, and then pinch points. Now the, the pinch points are where bass are going to concentrate in smaller areas, usually by the breaking structure. Um, they'll, they'll wind up feeding up in here, feeding up on these tabletops here. But for the most part, any fun, good funnel area, they will stay in this funnel and they will be packed in there. That's the, those are the places, these places, and then the high spots are places that you'll see guys in a tournament on TV, whacking them in one small area. Those are massive holding areas. The high spots are good feeding zones. 
the funnels are where they're going to take refuse. So that so that's what you want to pay attention to um, in the in those situations. So on the deeper submerged grass um, that we talked about, on the areas that have that might have deeper grass in them, like these edge areas where the, where you're fishing deeper and the grass isn't to the top, mm-hmm. we're going to use you know the, the steady retrieve burn it in. Um, if we find sparse clumps, we're going to cast into the lanes, tear through the clumps. I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of getting the idea, um, for grass. So grass is a little bit more, um, detailed, right. Than people make it out to be. So here, I'm going to put, let me put, I'm going to put, um, the shell bed back up there. And, And for the most part, we can just call this a hard bottom area. But I want to show you something that happens a lot of times. So we'll call them shells, but we'll for this map purpose, we'll just call these hard bottom areas. Okay. So what happens on a grass lake a lot of times is you'll have a hard bottom area and the grass won't grow really well on it because it's shells or, or rock. And it just, the grass just won't grow very well. So what happens is if you, you have like an opening, now, even if the grass isn't up to the surface, you have like an opening. You've got a clear zone in there. So what I like to do there is I'll, th- I'll throw the bait in there. I'll let it get to the bottom, and I'll drag it a little bit on the hard bottom. And then there'll be, as you start to come off of that hard bottom, you're going to start to have some grass growth. That's when I'll, I'll, you know, I'll snatch it through the grass growth, the sparse grass on the edges. That gives you a, a, a better chance for reaction bites if they're not heavily feeding, you know, on that. So that's kind of that's kind of my grass deal. I like it. Now I have other maps here, and you got to forgive me because I got them spread out all over my. That's desk. fine. And and like I said, we're doing that show tonight too, so don't feel obligated to try to pack everything into one show because it'll be out there right next to ninety eight. So we can also. We can also dive into some of the nuances tonight before we take questions. So if we don't get through, we don't get through. Right. But we'll, we're going to get through this. I can tell already. Okay. okay. So now, now what I want to talk about is I want to, and I have actual maps here and I'm just making sure that I have no incriminating names. <laughs> so uh, like you print it out and it says like Lake W and you're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> Creek XYZ. Um, so, so main lake areas. Okay. So we're going to talk, this will be structure lake. We'll just say for the, for now, there's no grass in this lake. Well, well, this particular lake at that time, there was no grass in it. Um, could be a hint anyway. Um, so uh, this is going to be early, early spring. So what I'm going to look for off the main lake is, uh, and and here, look, I have a video that busted yesterday, um, a bait school video on LureNet. So there, I'm 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 kind of glazing over a lot of this. There'll be some stuff in that video a little bit more detailed. So if you want to go tune into that later on and watch it, um, it'll it'll pick up a lot of if there if you think there's a hole in this game plan here, it'll pick up that so so you want to check those videos out okay so main lake areas okay i'm this is my springtime spot this is true 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 main lake there's the main river channel 
And these are these are small pockets off of that river channel. And I mean, they're small pockets. OK, but here's what I look for. I look for flat, rounded points, the okay. ones that are flat and round. Um, that's a that's, theme you like that. That's a that's those are fish catching areas, because I noticed there's a number of different things that and you've talked about that before. Yeah, this these flat, round ones. Uh, with the with the hard knocker one knocker in the early spring are deadly. Um, flatter rounder points, gradual tapers. There's a couple key things here. Hard bottom is key. It has to be hard bottom. It can't be mud. It's got to be hard bottom, and it's got to have deep water access close by, because you're going to get the wintering fish that come up there first. Their first movement is in these places. Okay, this is where I employ the slow roller, the drag. There is nothing better than this. I actually had a great finish on this lake in this exact spot, which is why I picked it because it was it. It's so money perfect. And again, water temperatures, 39, 42 degrees. That's when I'm starting to look for this stuff. And that's when I'm doing it. And yes. You can look for stuff with a jerk bait too in those water conditions. So this is not the only bait you're going to throw. This is just how to optimize your locations for rattle baits. Um, this I would never go out there early spring like that and not have other baits with me. This is just Alabama rig, right? This Flash is mob junior, exactly jerk baits. This is getting you where you need to be to have this um effective okay um the next the next thing uh let me see the next thing i'm going to talk about another main lake area that i'm done with that i'll throw that there another main lake area that i like and this is actually uh, this is actually an exact duplicate of an of and i'll tell That's you this, awesome I'll tell you where this was. This was Gunnersville. And I can do that because um, you can never find this on a regular map. But um, this is Gunnersville. And this is the exact area that I was at. And so here's what happened. I had some drains coming in the lake, which gave me a, a lot of hilliness on this main lake flat. Currents going this way. All right. I had I had shell beds off the ends, way off the ends of this stuff. Now, this particular flat here, the deepest this flat got was seven or eight feet. And that was way out here. All right. And this this, by the way, is pretty far offshore. Um, I had to condense it to get it all on the map. So this is this is pretty far offshore. So anyway, so so when I when I found the spot we didn't have side imaging back then and so i got on my trolling motor and i started creeping up creeping up and looking well when i came to when i came to the the can you see that am i good yep you're when perfectly I, you're right on it when i came to the to the first gut gut i was going in with my trolling motor and i'm like holy crap this is pretty deep all the way to the bank well when i went to turn around i practically hit bottom so I, I backed my way out and I said, okay, I better, I better take a better look at this place. So what I wound up finding was I had 
I, I don't know if I, I'm on because I'm behind this thing. No, you're I had, perfect. I, I had, know where this is. I had sporadic grass, okay, coming out, sparse yep. grass coming out, also several giant monster stumps. I mean, these things were like the size of a front end of a Volkswagen size <laughs> stumps, big monster stumps. I had a lot of stuff here. So I, I came back a little bit later because I was all over this looking with my 2D sonar. I was all over this thing looking with it. So anyway, so I came back later and I started honking spinnerbaits on it. And this was early spring. In fact, it was in February and the water temperature was brutal and the weather was brutal. And I caught a couple on a, a slow rolling a spinnerbait. Actually, slow rolling one of my favorite um, deals that I make. Anyway, I realized that there had to be more bass in this area. It was too, it was too prominent. So I had went back through with a rattle bait and started catching really, really good fish there. And so this spot here is a main lake spot where if you're on a lake that fishes like a structure lake, but has grass, like you know, Gunnersville, Chickamauga, mm -hmm. lakes like that, that when the grass is not great, of course, the grass has been great there for years now, but it still fishes like a structure lake until a lot of the grass matures. Um, this was, this was phenomenal for me. And then, and what this did for me was it opened my eyes to, um, I didn't have to be in a pocket. I didn't have to be in a creek arm um to make this happen because not all the bass migrate up creeks to spawn and not all the bass migrate up creeks in the fall chasing bait fish because there's bass that live always 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 on the main lake so this is very important um and now probably and here we're gonna we're we're winding this thing up a little bit hey hey can i guess where i think that drawing is talking about on gunnersville you ain't gonna be bad i mean i think i know where that might be based on that drawing there's one place on gunnersville that has those elements on it well there's more than one i know but this is a very popular place can i guess Th this yeah go ahead is it around seabold no Okay, never mind then. No, but I know where you're talking about. But no. Okay. No. Okay, so the next thing the next thing we're going to I want to talk about is creek arms because this is important both fall and spring. And so now I don't now this is actually another place that I actually fished. Ooh, this is a big one. Ooh. Um this is another place that I actually fished. And had a top three finish in here. Uh, it the three days I fished this, the warmest day was twenty degrees, and it was cold, windy, and and blowing. So what I did, what I look for, I want to look for. I don't even know where I'm at on this. You're map. right. Yep, you're right on the big big cut down at the bottom and the rounded point. Right. That's a similar to the point that you had a couple maps ago. Hundred percent. So I want to look for the the rounded points and then something else unique on here is I'm going to see if I can do this. I, I can do it on this one. Yep. I'm going to look for shallower offshore connected to the mainland stuff. Sneaky points that no one else could see. Okay. So here's why here. I'm going to, I got to show you this. I don't okay. know where the hell I'm going. 
You're you're up towards the top. There you go. Where did I? There, uh, uh, right there. Those, yep. the, the these offshore spots in there. Little underwater okay. points that don't look like under that don't look like right. points. Okay, so here's so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna try this. I can't see good. So no, here's what here's what we're gonna do. So in the beginning of spring, you need a pointer. <laughs> in the no, beginning, like if you had a little pointer, yeah, that, like, I, I could extended, see it. you could just see and you could just be like, and here. I have one down the base. I'm talking like a little stainless steel. I have yeah. one, and then okay. it goes to a point. Yeah, I have one. So, so these offshore elements here, they're connected to the mm -hmm. bank. Okay, mm -hmm. they're connected. This is the creek mouth. So early, early, early spring. This is the section because we we're going to divide this up into three sections: the back, the middle, and the and the front. Okay, into three sections. Early in the spring, very, very early spring, almost late winter, this is the section we're going to concentrate on. Now, the cool thing about this section is, all right, late fall, when the water's getting really cold again, this is the section you're going to go in, all right? So this is early, early spring, late winter, and then late fall, right before winter, okay? Now, the reason that I say I'm, we all know I'm looking for the rounded points, all the rounded stuff in here. We're looking for all that rounded edges. But mm -hmm. the reason I'm looking for these sneaky deals out here is because depending on how early you're fishing these lakes, they could still be in drawdown, which makes these spots here have a lot less water on them and fantastic feeding zones because there's a lot less water on them and a lot of this stuff up in here is dry because of drawdown that's why i look for this stuff okay just remember the bigger the flats the more the bass in an area can hold so as in spring as our water temperatures warm we're going to start to concentrate in this middle area here and in the fall, as the water temperatures start to cool down, this becomes important. We're going to go to the back of the creek. As the water warms in the spring, we're going to fish down here in the back of this creek. And first thing in the fall, when the bait fish migrate back there. So you see what's happening is you're getting two seasons out of this creek. And this actually is, a, is, is fantastic. This is actually a, a really good place. Hmm. So, what, so what happens is, you know, we're going to also, we, you pay attention to the types of cover. Um, you're going to pay attention to any kind of cover that you find in these areas. Like, for example, I think I have another map here. It's snuck in between. Um, it's stuck on the bottom of this one. <laughs> Hold on a second. I can't peel it off. There it goes. There, you there go. it goes. Okay. So you you'll find typical stuff. You'll find yeah. you know gravel points, boulders, banks. As the creek gets skinnier and flatter, <laughs> you'll find stump rows and stuff like that. So you're just going to want to pay attention as you get to the way back ends of these creeks. Uh, th this is like quarter ounce. This is quarter ounce uh, hard knocker, one knocker home back here. Because you're traditionally fishing two to three feet deep. You're knocking it into stumps. You're knocking it into rocks. It's all shallow, shallow cover. 
Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of how you're doing it. And really that's my approach to, to rattle baits. I don't, I don't make it difficult. Um, I can do this map work without ever going to the lake and go, I need to look at this Creek, this Creek. I need to look at these main lake pockets and I need to look at these main lake flats. So you just understand one thing, your maps in your GPS units are only so accurate. So here's a trick when you're looking at a main lake flat, look at the terrain. If you see the terrain's got a lot of little valleys and hills in it, you can bet dollars to a donut. That's exactly what's underwater on that flat. And that's what you got to pay attention to. You have to look at the land when you're looking at these main lake flats. So if you don't have a good mapping unit, or, or, you know, you can still do this. You just use the land to tell you what's under the water. Wow. That's good. <laughs> hey, uh, like I said, we're, we, let's, uh, we can dive into this stuff tonight too for the, night um, for number 99 but you want to do a couple rapid 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 yeah, fire yeah. questions just, yeah i'm done dude i'm done i went through yeah it all. well do some really rapid fire questions just to get uh some people yes sir you'll get a lot of detail on the bait school video that just came out uh so go back and look at that some of it'll be repetition some of it'll be stuff yeah. i didn't talk about uh scott would like to know how deep are the are these subtle points that you're talking about Okay, good question. So what what it does is it goes from zero to about eight feet, and then after eight feet, it's close to the deep water. So the transition will depend on how close the creek channels are to those areas. But for the most part, I'm fishing these things. I would say I've done it in 10 feet of water, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I'm looking at eight to two. Let's say you get on a lake. How do you tell if your lake or the lake you are on has shells before you go spend a ton of time looking for shells, then realizing that it does not? Are there any, I mean, I mean some lakes, some lakes have more than others. But how do you know, like, if you're on a lake that has shells? Well, you kind of don't. I mean, most, <laughs> you, you kind of don't. Because that's not a big thing in Oklahoma at all. Like, like no. a Texoma has some, and I think that's about it. Right. But see, most lakes will have some. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but if it doesn't have the shells, if you go to those areas, okay, now hear me, those areas could be hard bottom areas because as the currents runs all the muck and debris off the bottom, they're going to get to the, to the bedrock. So a lot of those areas will be hard bottom areas as well. That's the other thing. Okay. You have to understand current will keep the muck out of there and keep the bottoms to stone so you so it, it'll work either way finding hard bottom yep. areas or shells gear ratio on your reel couple questions about that is that very important when you're working with a uh with a rattle bait yeah it is i'm not a fan of super high speed reels which is going to make a lot of my peers mad at me um but generally i want 25 to 26 inches minimum on mm it um a slow a super slow retrieve reel it's hard to burn and snatch a rattle bait. You really got to crank your brains out to get it to go. So, you know, something that's picking up 25 to 27, 28 inches of line mm -hmm. is good enough or, or more. Um, 
I, I don't go to the super high speed stuff because I get excited and I have a tendency to <laughs> just cooking it. Oh yeah. I'm smoking it. <laughs> uh, Nate said, do you ever use lipless to mimic bluegills? Yeah, because, because here, look, shad and shad are not the only animals bass eat. Um, and especially during the bluegill spawn, they can be dynamite baits, dynamite baits. He also said that I'm assuming this is good all the way up to the spawn. Absolutely. Hundred percent. It works. It works post spawn too. When you know when the fish start to spread out, start to go to summer, and they're hard to stay on because they're continually moving. It's a good bet. Then Chris too, says he's got sand dollars in his lake. <laughs> Chris, you're fishing in the ocean, dude. You're <laughs> in the wrong place. No, I. You know some of the some of the southern lakes have jellyfish in them too. What? Yeah. No. They, yeah, they do little what, jellies. like like uh Okeechobee and stuff, or are you talking oh, yeah. like TVA lakes, like southern lakes, like Florida lakes? Like Okeechobee and stuff. And some I mean they the have to be lakes. connected to the there, ocean, no, right? there is no, there is a freshwater jellyfish. So I believe you when you say that uh, Um oh JT said, is it better to fish the the lipless on cloudy windy days or calm and sunny? Doesn't matter. Um, I don't, I don't worry about that too much. If the bass are eating them, they're eating them. The one thing I will do in, in super sunny days is I have a tendency to go to my chromes, chrome okay. and blue, chrome and black. Uh, Nate, you mentioned that your buddy got you on the EWG hooks as opposed to the round bend. Um, it's to me, it seems like you, you might hook more with a round bend but you'll land more with an ewg yeah um i Is got that fair yeah it's totally fair i got burned smallmouth fishing them um i was having too many smallies jumping off on the round bends and that's when i went to the triple grips on them i got you so you know here it's a flat-sided bait okay so look if you look at the way the triple grip lays against its belly right the hooks stick out of the side of it. So if that bass gets the bait, he's still going to get hooked. I like round bends on my, my bulbous bodied crankbaits because I need that hook to stick out off the body of the crankbait. Okay. So these flat sides, they, they're okay for this. Okay. Uh, Josh just wants to point out that the fact that jellyfish have survived for 650 million years, despite not having any brains is great and uh, great news for some people. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's uh, good for me. Anthony, uh, would like to let you know that my wife every week says to me, you're watching that this guy who smashes their brains in. <laughs> Uh, I thought he was going to make a jellyfish no brain joke, and I was getting nervous for him for a minute. You ever upsize them? You ever go with the big trebles, or you stick with the fours? No, I stick with the fours on my halves. I, I want the thing to come through everything really well. Um, I don't, I don't want it to be a anchor. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Um, all right. So last week. What was the prize again? It was a bunch of stuff. The prize was a whole complete set of Booyah hard knockers and one knockers. Uh, 24 baits. You're going to get um, you're going to get each color in a hard knocker and a one knocker in half ounce and quarter ounce. 
also in the hard knocker, one knocker. So you're going to get 24 baits. It was just under a $200 value just for playing our game. All right. So the rules for the game were simple. You had one week. You went on to last week's day four, number 97. And you had to guess uh, which of the exclusive Booyah one knocker and hard knocker. We had a one in six chance of getting it was Uncle Frank's favorite based on <laughs> what he talked about on the show and what you know about Uncle Frank on the show. So the colors that the, the, the options, the options for the colors were uh, Booyah hard, uh, G finish brown craw, G finish red craw, bulletproof gill, graffiti craw, Goldie, party craw. Or G finish brown car. I might have already said that one. So one of those six was your favorite color. You did not say uh, which of those was your favorite color. So no. there were hundreds of replies in the uh, message comment on YouTube over that. And out of that, there were uh, nine word pages of correct answers. So. <laughs> So you also had to say your favorite, tell your favorite Uncle Frank story, which was gold, because there's a, a lot of awesome Uncle Frank stories that I, that I had forgotten over the years. And I did that to jog our memory for the hundred show. Maybe some of the best stories come back. And you jogged it, yeah, believe so, me, because I so, was laughing my ass off reading those. So here's what yeah. I did at at uh, at shut off at midnight this past night. So what I did was I went through with a fine tooth comb uh, in the executive setting that i have in youtube so i can pull them all up uh and i copied every single one of of the listeners and viewers who put the right craw pattern and then i cut it out Ooh, and i have you, you gave it away almost i i cut it out <laughs> and i have a hat full you know they're just individually folded up this is everyone who got the right answer and their favorite uncle frank story so this is where the winner of this will be picked from and i think are we on the verge of we're on the verge of picking it we are on the verge we are almost there okay now i did not intend to do this but there was a blatant giveaway for uncle frank's blatant i mean it was a layup and I didn't realize it. You did not realize it. Because you didn't tell me until like two or three hours later, hey, by the way, this is my favorite color. Correct. So the replay for the show was already out. Your favorite color was? Are you pulling up the thing? No, I'm oh. you say what your favorite color was. There it is, boys and girls. Graffiti Craw. Look at that. I love this color. So Uncle Frank's favorite color is Graffiti Craw. Yep, thankfully I, I had a moment of panic there. That is the ones that I said that I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be going back cutting out 150 more. <laughs> um, now, I thought there were a, a lot of people guessed Goldie. A lot of people guessed Party Craw. There was one yes. that had a, a gut bag or something that a lot of people picked, but graffiti cross. So if you are watching or listening and you pick graffiti crawl, then your name and your and you've qualified your name and your you're in the hat is in the hat. So read the story first, then the name. Okay. Oh, well, you gotta, gotta pick it out first. We gotta pick it out. So so I'm gonna start 
It's messing around here, and you tell me when to stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> okay, I got one right here. Here we go, right here. This is it. This is the winner. Story first. <clears throat> My favorite memory is when he told the story when he went on Ontario in a tournament and the Coast Guard came up to him and asked him if he needed any assistance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the big wave story. When I was fighting the fish over my head in the waves. Yeah. That's great. Okay, we have a name. Let's get a name. Tyler Denlinger. All right, Tyler. Denlinger. So, so so here's what he here's what he's gonna have to do. Tyler Denlinger, he said, I'm going with graffiti craw. And my favorite memory is when he told the story when he was on Ontario in a tournament and the Coast Guard came up on him asking if he needed assistance. Yeah, that that was wild. That was wild, wild. What does wild. he need to do? What does Tyler need to do? Do you do you want him to email me? With yeah, his, have with him his e info. Yes, email your address to me, and then I'll pass it on to Frank. And Frank is responsible for sending mailing out. Yeah, you will. I will put these in the mail tomorrow. That way, you don't end up like Doug waiting on Sunline for three months. <laughs> I, I gotta get that done this week. I'm sorry, Doug. I'm not. I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm mailing it out to you, Tyler. You're gonna have it. I'm putting it in the mail tomorrow. I'm sorry. I don't. Um. Oh. There you goodness. go, Tyler. That funny. Matt. So Tyler, email me Matt at Basso and B A S S Z O N E dot com. There were some legendary stories in there. We will do this again. We have some more giveaways. Thank you for the feedback, the listening. I do like the fact that instead of just a ra I mean, this was it is a random draw, but in order to be, in order to be entered, well, you, 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 you got to have a little info. You got to do a little work right. for it. I love it. That was great. That was a great giveaway. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is so funny. So you a quarter ounce and a half ounce in the one knocker and the hard knocker, one of everything. So right, you just, you're just going to have a badass one knocker and hard knocker box. Oh, you're going to have the best, actually. It's going to be it, – it's, it's a good deal. It's, it's actually a good deal. A um, lot of fun. Love, I love the contest. We're going to have some more contests coming down the pipe for you guys. All right. Hold on. I planned on doing this. Oh, you're putting me keep, back to normal no, size? No, no, no. Keep talking. <laughs> I'm, I can't. I'm out of words. <laughs> uh, so, but we are. We got stuff planned for the 100th episode. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll play it around with some of that tonight on tonight's show. So come back tonight because you guys – no holds barred just ask the questions and uh we'll let her rip it'll be it'll be great it'll be a good deal there it is in case people had to see it i just wanted to make sure i got that all right good look at you with the little scroll i know banner. i was doing all sorts of scrolling banners i've also i've really gotten into the uh into the scrolling banner uh, ah beautiful i'm normal size again well yeah you had to be <laughs> you're you're showing all sorts of uh all sorts of stuff I had to be larger than life to show my maps and yeah. my creations. Did we miss anything? Mm -mm. I think we're no, good. because because they could go to the they can go to the bait school video and um and pick it up and they'll get you know some of this stuff. If we missed anything, it'll be in there and and you know they won't miss a thing. Just go to that bait school video because it's it's pretty cool. All right, so tonight. 
uh, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, which would be 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's weird to move here Eastern Time. I don't feel like we're having further. Well, we're having, you're having a, you had a sound issue. Can we back? Yeah. Say what I, you just said. I said it's weird that you're East Coast Time because you're not that much further. 15 east. hours, 15 and a half hours. Yeah, most dude. of it's North. Well, yeah, it's northeast. Like, I grew up in Decatur, Illinois, which is just, I mean, it's barely, it, you're right, it must be right around right around that line, Cleveland. Hey, what can I tell you? All right. This has been another edition of BTL Day 4 with Frank Scalish. We got the merch. We got the hard knocker and one knocker winner. We got seven days until Frank's in studio, but first we got night four, number 99, <laughs> tonight, 7.30. If you're listening to this replay, if you want to jump on for it, that will count as next week's show. So then on January 26th, it will be show 100. number 100. We'll go through tonight kind of what we'll have available for the 100th show. There's a lot of cool stuff. Great show today, Frank. You put in the work. And I think the uh, fans and listeners are very appreciative of it. That will definitely help you catch more fish. And I'll uh, I'll see you tonight. I'll see you tonight, guys and gals. All right. We are out of here. See ya. <laughs>